0: Uh, Alright, uh, welcome to the first episode of uh, a podcast for two people Two people uh, Apparently you found us, so you're one of two people I don't know welcome how you did it <laughs> to our podcast uh, You are truly a master of the internet <laughs> Yeah. Uh, here we will be talking about the people involved in the gaming industry uh, The people that shape uh, our games that we play today As well as uh, what we played a long time ago Uh, the influencers, if you will, as well as game devs, um, public personalities in the gaming world. Uh, Not only that, though, we will also be covering gaming series, uh, individual gaming titles of those series, um, as well as, you fucking guessed it, (laughs) Weebs, anime.
1: Is that what we're doing?
0: Yes. (laughs) Fucking anime, Brent. (laughs) Alright. And... (laughs) <laughs> movies. I know. And, I know about those. <laughs> oh, you fucking know about those. And uh, more, more than likely, we'll probably end up touching up on music too. So we're gonna welcome you, one of two people, to us, two people, in our tiny little fucking niche that also encompasses a large group of uh, mass media. <laughs>
1: Tiny mass media. Because I, I, think, I think, if I can be, allowed, allow me to be poignant here for a second. Mm-hmm. We're, all, uh, we're all on this uh, consumer train together. We really are. It's up to us how we navigate through it. I would like to crash it into a fucking <laughs> ravine. That's how this show is like. Fuck
0: yeah. All right, Spread so... Spread
1: Anarchy signs on my walls right now.
0: <laughs> As I uh, inadvertently um, introduced my uh, cohort here in crime... Uh, Brent? It's me. It's, me. it's Cyber Brent. You know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and myself, uh, my name is Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come with a cool um, internet name. Uh, it's Tyler's ser- series of grunts. I am the one, the only, the Tyler. Friend Tyler. Mm, friend Tyler San Chan Sama. Mm-hmm. So, uh, today, our first episode, what I'd really like to talk about is a uh, specific. Person, A rock star, if you will, in the gaming industry uh, by the name of Tomonobu itagaki san You might fucking know him as the titty man behind... He's the tit, he's the tit man, the, the big old I-D-O-A. titty boy. As well as the man who brought Ninja Gaiden into modern light. he's the dark side of the moon. He's a... Uh... I'm sorry, go on <laughs> <laughs> He is so fucking mysterious This guy uh, is always seen wearing sunglasses In fact, we're in character We had to assume
1: We, yeah, we had to get into his mindset Yes How is it like this? Did you world? play Evil
0: Within? Did you watch the movie Cell? We did that shit But with Tomonubu Itagaki-san We are wearing sunglasses while we do this Because uh, apparently see, We're doing it We're doing it right <laughs> We're not going to fuck up Uh, I really want to know if he's ever seen the untinted world. (laughs) Honestly. Is it it a world
1: we want to see? Uh,
0: honestly, now that I'm wearing sunglasses inside and I'm just doing, like, really, uh, mundane, arbitrary things while wearing sunglasses, I can see why he would never take them off. It's uh, comforting. It really is. Like, I don't want to take him off. The harsh light of reality does not touch
1: mine eyes. I can't tell you how many times I've woken up on this futon that you're sitting on (laughs) in my (laughs) office. covered
0: in vomit. And you look up,
1: upstream, that beaming-ass fucking light directly
0: above your head. So not only is he the man behind Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive, uh, much later on in his career, um, he directed and created a little gem called Devil's Third. Unsung masterpiece. Yeah, which... Some might say. <laughs> which we will absolutely come Not back just to. Me. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Brent's love affair with this game. Uh, I did. I, he we'll, tried we'll, to drag me through. We'll get back to it. We'll I think we got through we'll like, maybe back. a couple hours of it. We're um, gonna finish it. <laughs> someday. Uh, so, what do you remember about Itagaki, Brent? What do I remember? Yeah, I was like, still alive. You, what, yeah, yeah. What do you remember when you reflect on the uh, tinted visage of Iyagaki?
1: Um, That picture of him like carrying a katana and like a bottle of Jack or something. Oh fuck yeah! You know. Which I probably have saved on my computer somewhere right, in the was, folder called b- "fucking badass shit."
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's the it's the fucking thumbnail
1: um, for that. <laughs> could could you say could you say he was an innovator? And that he brought, uh, like, tit physics to the mainstream.
0: Uh, I feel like I remember specifically... For better or worse. Yeah. Who else was doing it at the time? Like... Dead
1: or Alive 1... Yeah. Was probably, like, the, the instigator. And right. then, like, all the other deaf, like developers saw it and lowered their shades. Idigaki lowered his, revealing another pair of shades they sure. had on just in case. Absolutely. The man then,
0: never left the house without 12 pairs of shades. It showed, it sh- it showed uh, what... Uh, 3D graphics were capable of. Right. Delicious, voluptuous mammaries. Weird-ass, bouncing-ass titties. Right. Uh, and that that's just it. It's like, what I remember of Itagaki, uh, or rather, when I think of Itagaki, what I remember from a younger me <laughs> was... Uh, him doing all these crazy live interviews, uh, typically on like X-Play or Tech TV or something of the ilk, and I could have sworn that I saw uh, X-Play kind of making fun of him or poking fun at him where uh, they showed him in a lab coat uh, over a leather jacket with sunglasses on uh, talking about the science behind titty physics and showing a woman run on a a fucking um, treadmill. I don't I don't see what's funny about that. Why would you make fun of that? Right. Absolutely. Like, I can imagine Adam Sessler looking at the TV with, you know, the weird big double chin smiling at you. (laughs) It
1: seems like a self-aware thing to do. Like, why would you put on a fucking lab coat and be like, all right, bitch, I'm going to tell you about titty physics?
0: Right, yeah. Like, uh, he's definitely a guy who is aware of his own character. At least, I hope so. At least in some aspects, we'll see later when like, we talk if about like,
1: these interviews. If I can uh, uh, break kayfabe here for his. I hope oh, yeah. He's aware.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, Itagaki, what did you do? So, uh, contrary to what we were talking about before, uh, Itagaki was not born wearing sunglasses.
1: I don't know about that. I think you need to do a little more research. Uh, let me tell it's you, It's inconclusive. I,
0: I did hours of research about <laughs> you this. You, man. Came,
1: you came to this a lot more prepared than I was, I'll tell you that for free.
0: I fucking slithered into that man's slippers <laughs> and walked around my house uh, in, a, in a slump because this man's life is actually, uh, strangely enough, incredibly depressing. Yeah. Uh, a massive roller coaster of just success and failure. Uh, you know what? That, I feel like that makes you more interesting. Yeah, honestly. it's like Nicolas Cage. Mm hmm.
1: He's made good films. Right? He's made great films. He walked films. away from
0: the name Coppola, as he didn't want to ride those coattails, said, I'm going to make a name for myself. And he made some real fucking stinkers, too. Mm hmm. But that's. That's part of the charm,
1: if you ask me. We could do a whole podcast about Nicolas Cage, but that's not. That's that's
0: uh, that's, that's for a different day, my friend. Uh, that episode is probably going to come up at some time because uh, we're you actually recording not... it right now. Throw <laughs> your fucking notes away! Throw the notes away! <laughs> Set them on fire! I have volumes <laughs> <laughs> as he opens up a hidden drawer, <laughs> yeah, uh, full of Nicolas Cage trivia. So uh, let's go back to the origins yeah. of Tomonobu Itagaki, uh, this is your this, field. <laughs> this gaming rock star, as I called him before, uh, though I don't think he got mixed up in coke, like uh, one of his uh, heroes, uh, Stephen Tyler.
1: No. Hey, did you see that Stephen Tyler commercial? It was like for M and M's car. Oh. Where like, Stephen Ty- old Stephen Tyler like puts he's in like a NASCAR like jumpsuit. Uh, he gets into a race car, and it's, it's playing, like, Dream On, and it's like... And, like, he's, like... He starts driving in reverse really fast. Uh-huh. And then he gets out, and it's, like, 1979 again or something, and it's, like, CGI. They CGI'd yeah. his face and made him young Steven Tyler. It's like... Dream On!
0: That... What the fuck were they thinking? I don't know, I bet he really wanted to do that. He's like, make ready? me feel young again, yeah! Yeah! Scarves! Uh, so, Inagaki was born on April 1st in 1967, but uh, as you can tell, this man is no fucking joke. Goddamn. He is such a badass. Uh, so, he was born in Tokyo, as it was undergoing not only a housing crisis, pollution crisis and a major traffic problem citywide and, uh, mostly uh, just fucking massive expansion. Um, many historic landmarks were being torn down to make way for the first skyscrapers that Tokyo would see. So this, of course, caused a lot of anger and was seen as a loss of culture and a shift to consumerism. So, Uh, Tokyo was literally being reshaped. A
1: field ripe for, uh, Someone of Itagaki's caliber, if you will.
0: Right. It's a. Uh, it's an era of chaos that would also bring us uh, Hideki Kamiya and so many other. Uh... I just show you a picture of like a young uh, Kamiya.
1: Yeah. Uh, he, it's like a picture of him in like the '80s, like standing next to his mom. He's wearing like a like leather jacket. And he's like has like a glove. He's like doing like a common writer pose,
0: pretty much. And see, that's just it. It's like uh, when when we. See... Explain a lot. Yeah, when we see uh, the things that these guys made, you know, and then we look at their origin, um, it really makes sense as to the journey that they made. And uh, Itagaki's family, they stayed in Tokyo the entire time. Um, literally, uh, not much is known other than his family stayed in Tokyo during this time. Uh, he's not really vocal about the whole thing. Uh, doesn't talk about his family. I feel like he's like
1: Tommy Wuzo and that much of his past is shrouded. Not as much as him because mm-hmm.
0: we know how fucking old he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least we know an age. <laughs> you know, with Tommy <laughs> Wuzo, we him. don't even fucking know how long he's been on the planet. It is entirely speculation. And so, um, we and we also don't know about like how his parents were to him. So like his upbringing? Yeah, was it was totally uh, unknown. So he he stayed in Tokyo the entire time, and uh, he uh, would definitely be shaped by the rapidly changing Tokyo of the '70s and '80s, as this time was a melding of the new consumerism lifestyle. Haha, you were right, but also a surviving culture and an upsurge in art—not just Japanese art, but the bleeding in of Western culture uh, and. Our art as well. Now that might be because during the nineteen seventies, the final talks of uh, America using a huge part of Japan as a military base uh, was decided on. And of course, there again, chaos. Really, like there was so much political chaos. It was hard to not see any of it. You know what I mean? There's. It's in the streets. They had uh, massive droves of people either protesting for one reason or another but ultimately it created a melting pot a perfect storm really um for better or worse so itagaki would graduate in 1985 from Waseda university high school and during that time he had developed a penchant for what i would call like light gambling uh because there wasn't a lot to do you know all that political unrest social unrest uh you don't necessarily just go out to the fucking movies in the uh in the 80s either you know like uh you might but there's not a whole lot for a little kid to fucking do um so what did he do he read books he read a fuckload of books this dude is so well read uh, he didn't really give a shit about what he was reading. I don't know about you, but like... If, if it wasn't I'm Goosebumps, I don't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if it's not something fucking rad, get that shit away from me. Yeah, I don't want to read that shit. This dude would literally, like, go like, I'm going to randomly read a book that starts with A, and then B, and then C, and to the point where he would actually blindfold himself and then randomly touch a book on a bookshelf in a novel section of a store and just pick it up. That's the book I'm reading. I think I understand what you mean by light gambling now. Yeah, like, that is light gambling. That is, uh, and he actually refers to it when he's talking about that, uh, portion of his childhood as light gambling. Um, so, he would do this until the point in which he actually uh, found Ernest Hemingway's uh, The Old Man and the Sea. To which, that point, he said, fuck my gambling rules. Fuck that shit. I'm literally just gonna read all of Ernest Hemingway. You he fucking fell in love with Hemingway. It's it's hard not to. He's got a really cool writing style, very much so uh, detailed without being overly detailed. He doesn't hold your hand in his books, um, and that's kind of how Itagaki first got his intro into Western culture and the Lost Generation.
1: I do, like, I wonder if Idigaki's gonna go find, like, people who gave him a shitty
0: review and then mm-hmm. fucking fight him. Right. Uh, that would be dope. You know, uh, what, how, what was the furthest that Hemingway had traveled to fucking fight someone? Did I don't he go know to enough about, I, Did he go to fucking Africa? Yes. To fucking
1: <laughs> <laughs> fight someone? He, he hopped on a, he chartered a plane. Right. Cause that's what you did back then, probably. Oh, more than likely. And then, you, you had a guy fly you out there, you paid him the money you arguing with him about the cost and the, the one-way trip. He's like, no. Anyways, and then he found a guy, and he's like, all right, I've read what you fucking said about me, bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm here to fight you.
0: To <laughs> which uh, you can't turn down Ernest Hemingway when he wants to fight. And this man was drunk constantly, which I think would actually inspire Itagaki in the wrong way. Later when we get there, uh, we'll talk about his uh, battle with um, near-alcoholism.
1: I want to see Itagaki find someone who gave Devil's Third a bad review mm-hmm. and then just like hit him with a combo and end up hitting a bunch of uh, people attacking him with the same
0: uh, finishing combo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like picking them up by their legs and jumping up and slamming them in the ground just yeah. constantly. Yeah. Like seven people in a row. Uh,
1: sweeping them by the legs and then punching them in the face. Yeah,
0: thus uh, crushing their fucking head. That's, the that's just how powerful he is. Yeah, he's uh, codenamed uh, Itagaki-san. <laughs> um... Anywho, um, from Hemingway, he would read uh, or said that he would read uh, many American authors all the way up to uh, Roy Carver and uh, said that a lot of what that guy said as far as philosophies go in a lot of his short stories... Uh, and the telling of short stories versus long ones, like Hemingway, would actually inspire him and in how he would develop some uh, some of his games later. Okay, but uh, at the same time, that doesn't really make sense when you look at his fucking track record. <laughs> but uh, so say, "Whoa, man. slow down, Egghead!" Right? Yeah, <laughs> 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 fucking yeah, wait. Don't a you my names later. I don't know. I don't know who these people are, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Books are power. <laughs> Uh, I used to uh, really just boil books for the glue and eat that. Um, I only read All uh, Quiet on the Western Front. Over and over and over <laughs> again while reciting it to yourself on a public transit that we don't actually use because we're from the Midwest. Yeah. I think uh, we just drive everywhere. I should get on the Met. Have you ever seen the movie Dune? That's the Midwest. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, fuck, but Yeah. I work, I work for Spice. Let the Spice flow, let the
1: Spice flow. I gotta watch out for big-ass sandworms and shit. Right. I wear a really cool like, jumpsuit,
0: and I'm friends with Kyle McLaughlin now. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, he, he'd been reading a lot of books, but because of that bleed-in from consumerism and Western culture, he also read a shitload of comic books and, of course, manga, which was now getting that Western influence as well. Uh, so going into the 80s in that in that mid-80s area... Uh, you had really fucking nuts manga coming out, too. Like, you didn't... It was such a venture away from, like, your innocent Astro Boy... <laughs> yeah. That we were getting closer to fucking JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's like, uh, I
1: mean, it's like the
0: Super Nintendo NES generation. Mm-hmm.
1: They grew up into, like...
0: Uh, you know, like, Doom. Yeah, exactly. We're going from games like, uh... Pac-Man to fucking Castlevania. Mm. Like... What a far cry. So, again, not only is political and uh, social chaos going on, but media chaos in that like what we enjoy as a group of people, uh, not only in the States but also in Japan, um, is going through massive changes. And Itagaki is literally in the middle of it. Um, So that light gambling that I was talking about, that would actually turn into... Literal gambling. G- Literal gambling. Which is where he actually grew his penchant for uh, uh, wearing sunglasses. That's the reason why he wears sunglasses, Brent. Because he's a fucking gambler.
1: He knows when to he's hold He's a him. high
0: roller. Yeah. yeah. You gotta know when to hold them. <laughs> no more singing on this podcast. Yeah, it's bad. I can't sing. I'm worse than, like, I don't know, uh, fucking Kenny Rogers... Kenny Loggins.
1: Hey, I showed you that video Kenny Rogers made in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. Planet Texas. Planet Texas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's a great video, actually. <laughs> Fuck everything I just said. <laughs>
0: Uh, honestly, I think the best thing that Kenny Rogers gave us, uh, other than, uh, the heart and soul of America, <laughs> is, uh, Kenny Rogers' Roasters. No. Fucking delicious. Uh, thank <laughs> you. Um, I don't even think I'm old enough to have enjoyed Kenny Rogers' Roasters. I, I don't know what the fuck that <laughs> is. Give me that
1: chicken! <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna start singing, but it was gonna do in a fucking, uh, <clears throat> goddamn... Who sung with Christopher Cross and Ride Like the Wind?
0: I fucking love that tune. I can't fucking remember though. Oh no. (laughs) Jeff Bridges. No. I fucking don't know. Michael McDonald. (laughs) Michael McDonald, of course. all right, so uh you know while he's while he's gambling, you know, he starts wearing his fucking sunglasses like a goddamn champ, like a boss. And he says that it's it's so that you can hide your true intentions from your opponent. It's like uh, telling the man's eyes. Yeah, and gambling um would would be a huge component in how he said uh his his game developing later. And we'll uh, we'll touch back upon on that uh, because for whatever reason he believes that backgammon and the rules of backgammon are still uh, a huge point in his games. Uh, of which I gotta say, where the fuck what, is the backgammon? What the
1: fuck is backgammon? <laughs> I mean, I've heard the name of the game. Before. The uh,
0: German board game, you know? I can you probably, see that with the I checker might, pieces. I might have thrown bucks? it out,
1: but I feel like I had one in my closet.
0: Right. A long time before it's, I moved. The, it's the tabletop game you get in a mess of tabletop games that your uh, your grandparents bought you. I like when the when the fuck did this get here. Yeah, yeah, and you look at it and you're like, Who the fuck is backgammon? Yeah. Give me that mancala. Because everybody knows the fruit loops of tabletop had, gaming is mancala. Man yeah. I had
1: a uh advertising. Advertising. It was like I actually kinda wish I held on to it. I mean, it might. It's probably still. I don't know. I think it might have a fucking. Dude, burn. That
0: might be like one of those super expensive tabletop. I movies. probably shouldn't
1: have because it. Yeah, it's like, you have to, like, recognize like probably like late eighties, early nineties,
0: maybe <laughs> even seventies. Fantastic to play uh, now. Like advertisements. Oh god! Like, where's the beef? This probably the yeah. Anymore. Like
1: gray poop <laughs>
0: Oh fuck. Yeah, uh. I don't know what happened to it. Lego, Myego. Gonna go oh, wait, that's to my ego. I'm go back my parents' use, probably. Where the
1: fuck's advertising?
0: man? <laughs> so, you know, he's he's wearing sunglasses. He's graduated from high school at this point. Uh. He. And hasn't years. changed since. <laughs> and it hasn't changed <laughs> since. Uh. He probably looks the same as he did back in 1985 when he started over at, uh. Uh. Wasida University's, uh. School of Law. So he. he Attended Waseda uh, University High School, uh, graduated in 1985, immediately goes to college, stays there the entire time, graduates finally in 1992, and uh, this is when he immediately joins Tecmo the same year as a uh, graphics programmer. So... Right into the field, and we're also talking about a time where working in the gaming industry is no longer a taboo. Mm-hmm. Where before in the 80s, this was something that um, would bring shame to your family. Uh, we had talked about that uh, briefly before in just mm-hmm. a random conversation. Um, it's like, I mean,
1: like widely considered not not, yeah. a, not a good uh, business to get
0: into. If I remember right, one of the uh, five billionaires in uh Yakuza, Yakuza Zero. Zero talks about how he wanted to be a graphics programmer and his family's like, No, you fucking idiot. Be be in real estate, and so he did.
1: Yeah, and He's then that fucking nerd. He gotta grew be. up into into Iigaki.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be it dude.
1: That's Yakuza Zero is oh, uh, real fuck. life. Damn I I was just saying Iigaki's a
0: fucking Yakuza character. He really is though. But, like, I feel like you, he'd be, like, the one that's like, oh, uh, yeah, give me two shots of whiskey and let's eat all this udon. I bet I can eat and drink more than you can, Kiryu. And then you find out that Kiryu can eat a fucking lot. That Kiryu can't be beaten at anything? He is literally
1: the Superman of the Yakuza series. Uh, Except he's a horrible <clears throat> criminal.
0: He really is. He's the <laughs> worst criminal. But he's really insistent on... Yeah, yeah, he's like, I well, know oh, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. Like, But I'm going to do the right thing here. Yeah, but I'm going to fucking get this little stuffed animal yeah. for this girl. Actually, that was part of uh, Majima's, Majima's storyline. Getting all those... Uh... Anyway... <laughs> I could talk Yakuza 0 for a fucking hour and a half. you got to finish it. That's what I you got to do. do. I really do. Then you can I'm talk. fucking awful. Uh, so I, I was on the point in which... Um, Itagaki joined Tecmo as a graphics programmer. Uh, past the point of being a taboo, this is now a very successive, uh, successful and lucrative uh, business industry to join. It's an exciting field, that's... Yeah, oh, yeah. It's blowing the fuck up. Yeah. It's now an international praise. Uh, gaming is at its height around this time. Uh, which would not taper off until the mid-2000s, which we will get to. Um, however, the first title that he worked on was actually Super Tecmo Bowl of the Super Famicom. That's a classic sports game. It really is. Yeah, like that game... Looks like Tecmo I haven't played Super but... Um, Super Tecmo. Also known as American Football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, football Americano. Anyway. Come for the touchdown. So, he takes this in stride. Like, he is... A super promising graphics programmer. And he would work at that for four long years before he actually had his breakthrough uh, with um, 1996's Dead or Alive, the original. What is that game? Dead or Alive (laughs) is a fantastic, uh, albeit at at first, uh, an incredibly huge smash hit for the PlayStation. I think it was on Saturn as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It literally just made waves. Uh, It was a fighting game that we had not seen before. Uh, This is also during the breakthrough of... I mean, we had seen it before. (laughs) Right, yeah. But
1: I mean, on this level of... uh, Virtua Fighter, uh, Tekken was a launch title for PS1, which we're going to have to come back
0: to that. Exactly. So it's like, we're starting to see a breakthrough of these... uh, I want to say, at that point, what, 16... No, not even quite. Not quite yet. 16 Axis? Fighting games, being able to move forward, back, forward, back, or left, uh, right, forward, back, yeah, rather? like
1: uh, up, yeah, like three D plane, basically.
0: Yeah, I think that was starting to come.
1: That was starting to come in around that time. I think mm-hmm. I want to see you could do it in Tekken One. I never played Tekken One. Um, Tekken Two, you could. I was gonna say I, I definitely sure.
0: started in Tekken Two, um, which uh, what's the funny thing about Itagaki and Tekken.
1: Um, uh, well, let's name Itagaki's top five most hated games.
0: Um, number one. Tekken. Yep. Uh, number two. Tekken 2. I think I know number three. Is it Tekken 3?
1: Yeah.
0: Fuck. Uh, I can't remember number four. What is it? Tekken 5? Oh, Tekken, Tekken 4. Four. 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 Yeah. Tekken 4, 4, Tekken 4. Tekken 4. Tekken 4. What was, that? What was the fifth one, though? Tek- uh, Tekken 5, yes. Yeah, uh, but uh, his fa- his family did enjoy playing uh, Tekken what? Uh, 1, 2, 3. 1 through 3, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, okay, I guess that stemmed from, um, uh,
1: there was, like, an ad for some Tekken game, maybe, like, mm-hmm. Tekken 2 or 3.
0: Yeah.
1: They just, like, fuck, dead or alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, Tekken bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he was like, this is a bullshit. Yeah. I will strike back with the fury. Few- no, he said he would strike back with, like, the equivalent of a hundred
0: nukes. Yeah, no, uh, even more so. Oh, yeah. I believe it was, um, actually, no, uh, you know what? I have that. Okay. Um uh, looking back on his quote about uh Iikaki has consistently given harsh opinions on MCO's Tekken Games, mainly due to his grudge against the company for its insulting radio commercial on his Dead or Alive game. <laughs> like you had said. Uh, he has stated he never forgets an insult to yeah. his family yeah. and will retaliate with nuclear missiles more than one hundred times for that yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll be This, along with what he views as Tekken's stagnation in the fighting game genre, starting from Tekken 4, led him to condemn the Tekken series, placing it at his top five hated games. In spite of him stating... I guess it's a top five list? Yes. uh, Tekken Tekken 2, Tekken 3 were good games, which his family enjoyed. But I still fucking hate them. Fuck you, Tekken. Fuck you, Tekken. Suck my dick, Tekken. I have a picture
1: on my computer somewhere. It's a... Tiki Itagaki's, like, fist-bumping Harada. Oh, that that's cool, though. And, like, Harada's just sitting there, like, yeah, like, okay. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've got Tekken, bitch. What yeah, do you have? I don't know. How many Dead or Lives have you worked on now since? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Harada is at the fucking helm of fucking G-Core fucking Tekken Kingdom! Uh yeah. I, I mean, did. I d- I fucking love Tekken 7, honestly. Name,
1: what, what was a better fighting game that came out in last year? Uh. Mmm. I'm sure some of my scene addresses to Marvel vs. Capcom. I'm going to say
0: uh, neither of those,
1: actually, because. And Dragon Ball Z Super Fighters Z didn't come out. Till this year. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. I need to play. Yeah, it looks great. It looks hype as shit, except I, could, I would probably never hold a candle to anyone even remotely skilled. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: It's it's a uh, back then <laughs> where where we're looking at now is like you could literally ask me that question and I don't have an answer really. Like uh, out of the three arcade How fighters that maybe fighting
1: games came out. I see.
0: Uh, back in nineteen ninety six, Brent. What were what were two of the biggest genres uh, of games coming out for the PlayStation in ninety six? I can think of two major ones. Fucking JRPGs. Absolutely. I was gonna say survival
1: horror, but that's it's uh,
0: and also I would say that that's about two years later, but still in the yeah, same yeah, era.
1: That's that's another discussion. Yeah, Resident Evil kind of uh, blew the lid off that shit. Yeah, and fuck uh, what was, you heard about Alone in the Dark, Resident Evil, bitch. Right,
0: Alone in the Dark, um, Home Sweet Home. Uh,
1: uh, Sweet home, yeah, like Sweet Home. That was like yep. that was a fucking Famicom game. Yeah, and then Famicom uh, he worked on, I believe.
0: Yeah. And uh, then on top kind of getting
1: off on a here. Right,
0: right, right. And then also Silent, uh, Silent Hill. But what I'm getting at here is that there was this massive fucking rivalry between everyone where the closest thing that we like, can remember is Battlefield b- versus Call of Duty.
1: Yeah, like, don't play that pussy-ass Street Fighter. Play Mortal Kombat with this blood and uh, shit.
0: Yeah, exactly. And,
1: like... When really... That's for, ki- that's for kids whose parents let them swear. You want to be a cool kid,
0: Right. Right, exactly. And uh, I was the coolest kid because I fucking played both. Yeah. As I'm sure you did too. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you, one of two people that is also listening. Part of this. I'm pilot. sure that, yeah, you probably are fitting right in that niche where you're like, dude, why the fuck do I have to pick between Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter? Why not fucking both? I'll take them both. Why
1: limit yourself?
0: Why limit yourself? Exactly. They're two completely different um experiences. Yeah. And that's just it. Is that during this time, there was this there was fucking for... boom. You know, we had we had Soul Blade, uh, come out Shit. for the for the fucking PS One as well. And all these games are legacy games. They would continue for the, the greater part of a decade and a half to where we are now. Um, you know, it's just my DOA Five still has like a pretty solid scene. Yeah. Tekken 7, still very fucking big, big. adding other people. Street Fighter Five is going to continue to be... You can watch it on fucking ESPN. Yeah, I was going to say, going to remain the highest uh, caliber of fighting game in the uh, Evo scene. Anything (laughs) like that. It's all tech now. Um, Dead or Alive, we'll get into where Dead or Alive ended up. Uh, cause it's, it's about half a stone, it's about three stone throws away from where the rest of these games ended up. Um, but why is that? Okay. So, going back to, uh, Itagaki and his initial fucking splash with Dead or Alive before Extreme Volleyball, which is a completely different splash, Hey-o! um, which we will actually touch on, um. Oh yeah, we can We got stories, right? We have so many stories. So, uh, he created this after being asked to create it based on Sega Model Two hardware of Virtual Fighter fame, as we had just talked about. During this time, they're like, "Hey, let's compete! Let's compete! Let's enter that scene. What do you got?" To which he responds, with dead or it? alive, yeah." And uh, this is just the beginning. From here, Itagaki would then be mentored by the man behind the original Ninja Gaiden. Yoshiaki Inose, as well as Akihiko Shimoji from uh, uh, Itagaki's time with Tecmo Bowl. They both had a hand in shaping uh, Itagaki's mentality on developing games in the future, uh, keeping in mind that the entire process for everyone involved should be fun. Mm -hmm. However, I think that that... Ended up. Seldom going, happens. <laughs> yeah, it seldom happens. We'll get into his philosophy later. But I also think that the vamping up of his uh, his success got to his head. And I, I think that he misunderstood exactly how much fun he who was Who the fuck to he have. was? <laughs> yeah, who the fuck he was. This sunglasses wearing motherfucking dead or alive making titty man.
1: We should watch those live-action movies. Absolutely. I'm I'm sure they're fucking Just remembered existed.
0: (laughs) Right? So, from that point, he had the momentum that allowed him to climb the ladder, uh, to which he made head of Tecmo's third creative department in 2001 by April, uh, and then leader of Team Ninja in July. But... That that really just kind of made him... uh, I don't know, more more based on fucking idealism in uh, Dead or Alive. He got uh, very flash focused. Flash, no substance. Exactly, exactly. Uh, he is quoted as saying that uh, Dead or Alive 2 in 2000 was the only time that all uh, areas were actually truly happy with the development process and uh, producing of a video game.
1: That's pretty weird, because what happened at Dead or Alive 2... Right. Uh, so
0: he's got this sort of. What? Theme. Yeah. What's the what's the what's the story here? Like? He's got a theme in his life. So uh, he was in development of Dead or Alive Two, and it was not a finished game. Uh, he leaves out this man's name, and uh, in a very telling conference uh, at what is called Dice, which is the uh, design, uh, innovate. I want to say. Creative um,
1: Expo? Yeah, create,
0: uh, Creative um, Entertainment okay. uh, Conference. Thank you for that. I was uh, stalling. Um, Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> you'll never see through it. Smoke and mirrors. Uh, so, anyway, uh, when he was there, he had a very, very telling um, speech uh, to which he actually doesn't say a man's name, doesn't even actually talk about the game that was in production that he had not finished, just that a man had come to his uh, uh, office asking to check out this game that he was working on, to which he said, yeah, sure, check it out. But the man never went home to play the game. Instead, he literally took it to production and produced it for the second Dreamcast. Yeah. Dead or Alive 2 for the The, second Dreamcast. I want to say,
1: like, the Dream... The Dreamcast has probably just come out in Japan, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we need to get a game out there, like, right fucking now. Yeah.
0: Hop on the fucking boat, and Inagaki did say that it was incredibly successful at launch, that it made the Despite man... Despite
1: that, I mean, Despite I'll fucking the fact... play it right now.
0: Right. Like, it's a fun game. Right. It is a little janky as far as mechanics go. I mean, if... I...
1: Did I hear that right? Uh No, I was gonna say, like, it's, it's lacking in content.
0: That's what it was. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, if, we're, if we're talking jank, I mean, it's, I'm not playing it in that basement you lived in for a while. Fuck, dude. Where
0: many Dreamcasts died in that Three? basement. Three Dreamcasts.
1: Three Dreamcasts, fella.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One two, one, two, one, two, One, two, and Frankencast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so he said that that guy made a lot of fucking money off of that. Uh, to which I don't think that there was actually any lawsuit filed at that point. He well, just, like, if
1: it's a company thing, what can he do about it? Exactly, it's it's literally the company. So that's, that's the, that's the only product. way I didn't like really question it. Right. Yeah. It's like all right. Well, I mean, like if we worked for EA, like we could have a fucking like alpha build, and all of a sudden, like the EA man comes out like with his like fucking wheelchair, the end wheelchair. Yeah. Shitting into a diaper. And he's
0: like... And like... And And
1: like... It's not even close to finish, buddy. Like yeah. It sounds done. Yeah. Let me bring it to my dorm and play it with my college friends. <laughs> and eat cold bagel bites. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll never see it again.
0: Yeah, uh, to which, you know, he probably just produced it and sold it and made a lot of money for like, you know, six months, um, but, uh, you know, going back, he was appointed leader of Team Ninja in July, he was talking about, you know, this is the, he had literally then, I guess you could say, uh, already reached the precipice of happiness in, in his,
1: development. In his own mind, at least.
0: Literally the year before that. <laughs> yeah. And we were still 18 years off from today. Uh, and and a lot of fucking roller coaster of tragedy and success away from that as well, uh, so going into what happens in two thousand four, he is made executive officer of Techmo. Like that is holy fuck, big bucks. Yeah. However, just two months later, he loses that position due to a sexual harassment scandal. Oh boy. Which. Actually goes to uh, goes to court after uh, it's handled um, poorly, very poorly, by the HR of Tecmo, and uh, she sues Itagaki for what he had done as well as Tecmo for their poor handling. Uh, as Itagaki simply got the demotion, which I'm sure was still, like, millions of dollars lost to him, but that does not okay the fact that this man, who probably thought, I'm too fucking big... I mean, it's... It's
1: not a. It's not a unique story. No.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, People empowered. to be... John Lennon got really popular. Said he was bigger than Jesus and got shot in the head. Uh, this man tried to fondle a girl. Uh, he said that they kissed. That everything yeah. that happened between them was consensual between two consenting adults. She said that this occurred for several years and that nothing was ever warranted or wanted. Uh, and this happened on, you know, obviously many occasions over several years. Though I couldn't find any information as to uh, whether this happened while he was married or before. Yeah. But um, if this occurred in 2004, uh, that she came out about the sexual harassment, I would say that it was probably happening while he was married. Mm-hmm. Uh, as um, in 2004, um, actually in March, Ninja Gaiden releases...
1: And, and uh, he blew everybody's
0: balls off. Yeah, he blew everyone's balls off. <laughs> um, he went back to focus on Dead or Alive, uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball. Yeah. and uh, Developing his,
1: for the superior Xbox original, uh, yeah, according he, to him.
0: Yeah, again, he uh, is quoted as saying that he wouldn't produce something on a lesser system because if you're trying to win a race, you're not going to get in a slower race car. Uh, which <laughs> I feel is like a Texasism. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> y'all gonna get in a small red car if you wanna win a race, you gonna go fast.
1: <laughs> so, let me tell you, you, ain't getting nowhere on a horse with a broken leg. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, this guy continues to, to work on uh, three games, three uh, gaming series that have been proven to be like absolute fucking winners. Yeah, like, you're probably pretty fucking solid money. Right, like Ninja Gaiden, again, just blew everyone a
1: fucking way. Um, so much so that they released it again a year later with all the uh, DLC. Wait, the original Ninja Gaiden had DLC? Yeah, I kind of forgot that there was an era uh, in gaming really early on of like Xbox Live's infancy, where like, oh, you can download
0: more shit yeah. for your game. Absolutely, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Whereas before, you literally had to wait a year or two before they decided to like, add, you know, like another half an to your game. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. However, despite his past fuck up, uh, his games were smash hits. Had everyone talking. He was literally being interviewed by every other gaming magazine Game Informer, da 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 da. Uh, what is that? Fucking PSG or uh, fucking yeah, PlayStation Gamer. Game fucking fucking big all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when you could go to Best Buy and get subscriptions to magazines? Yeah, neither does anyone else.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty. I feel like GameStop probably was like, hey, we have Game, game
0: Informer. You <laughs> Game Informer, you fucking bitch? You get Subscribe! Subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, I had Nintendo Power as a kid, and uh, let me tell you, Idagaki was nowhere fucking near Nintendo Power. He did not give a fuck about Nintendo Power. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, this guy was literally everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. You had no way of not hearing about Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. When that splash, I do kind of was... remember
1: when it came out, yeah. Like, it had a...
0: I fucking remember literally watching X-Play review Ninja Gaiden, giving it a solid, uh, probably 4.5 out of 5, yeah. if not a 5, talking about its complexity, its, uh, its level design, the enemy design. I feel like it holds it up if
1: you forget the, like, bats...
0: Oh yeah, and the bullshit. Yeah, the bats and all bulls. the bullshit. <laughs> it's a good game if you get all the shit. <laughs> uh, speaking of bats, we're gonna have to come back to that with Devil's Third. Oh yeah,
1: Fuck. Yeah. There's, uh, there's at least one bat. or two more bat encounters that we get to encounter.
0: Bats. <laughs> you won't come with a fucking bat. So uh, going going off of uh, some of that uh, some of that shit with uh, his interviews, I do have like a, a favorite quote from him. Uh, actually in this uh in this interview where he essentially um down talks gamers basically saying that uh if they are incapable of playing their f- playing his fucking game. His masterpiece. Yeah, his fucking masterpiece. Um Pretty much just like fucking worthless. Get good. Yeah, yeah. Literally the first iteration of get good. So this comes from a literal archive of the internet as this uh this article is let's to see this, here. the dusty old tomes of the internet. Seriously, uh I think it's probably a solid thirteen years old, this article. Uh so let's people see here. who wrote that are
1: like skeletons now?
0: So, uh, looks like, uh, uh, Tomonubu Itagaki says, uh, he's not sure how many missions there will be. The guys making the game want to put in a bunch, but I'll cut any that I don't find fun to play. So it'll probably be up, uh, end up being around 50. (laughs) Additionally, we're putting some new difficulty settings in on, uh, the top and one on the bottom of the scale. Uh, the one on the top will be called Master Ninja. So this... This difficulty will be harder than the already hardest mode. Yeah, it'll be like a trip through hell itself. As he laughs. laughs, it is for hardcore fans that say they have gotten tired of very hard. They will probably be probably be less than a thousand people in America who will be able to finish the game at this difficulty. Called the fuck out. Boom! A thousand says the uh, interviewer. One up. How much of a percentage of the total number of Ninja Gaiden players is that? About one percent or so. So get this, he's saying there's, what, 100,000 people playing Ninja Gaiden? Wouldn't that put that at that? I mean, back then, that was probably, like pretty good, pretty right? Pretty
1: standard, like, video yeah. game sales.
0: Uh, fucking Monster Hunter recently sold 7.5
1: million copies. I mean, yeah, that's, like, really good now. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: that's, like, 7.5 million is, like I guess
0: what I'm trying to speak for is, 100,000 uh,
1: or The time 000.
0: of, uh, what is 2005's, uh, yeah. gaming slump. Yeah. Where, you know, the industry was seeing, uh, a up hike in the, um, MSRP of video games where everything got a lot more expensive to have the hobby. Uh, however, uh, he goes on to saying, you know, that's about 1%. Think about it. You'll have to fight an enemy version of Ryu Hayabusa wearing the red and black dragon muscle suit. I know it's exciting to fight the enemy Hayabusa when he is wield- wielding a uh, Davlaro, but uh, we've already had an alarming number of instantaneous deaths. ha ha ha, he says. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like they they go into. Now, talking he means that about, people
1: playing it died, right?
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I tried to fight enemy Hayabusa, and my throat was slit.
1: <laughs> I got fucking Izuna dropped down like three flights of my house. <laughs>
0: I live in the top floor of my housing complex, and I got Izuna dropped off the roof. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and then oh! just, yeah, and just <laughs> literally just turned my innards into pudding. Yeah. Um. So he goes into talk about. Master Ninja and Ninja Dog, okay? So, uh, Ninja Dog mode, right? This is probably my favorite part. Uh, So, the new difficult setting is Easy Mode? He says, no, that's not quite right. The lowest difficulty will be called Ninja Dog. While it it is a mode intended for casual gamers, it is not Easy Mode. (laughs) Not being able to beat the game on normal means you're a failure as a ninja. But not that you're a failure as a gamer, right? Ninja, Ninja Dog, is for those players. (laughs) So how does that affect your ranking at the end of each stage? Can you get Master Ninja ranking in Ninja Dog mode? (laughs) Ha ha ha! That's nonsense! (laughs) Impossible! How could a dog become a Master Ninja? And so, you know, he goes into talking about how it's literally uh, a difficulty for men that, um are okay with being reduced to the level of a dog that are not afraid to shame themselves to accomplish their goals.
1: And you know what? That kept me from playing Ninja Dog difficulty. Yeah. I was like, no,
0: it's like if you wanna waddle it's like when fucking uh what is it, Pi May talks yeah. to uh Beatrix Kiddo yeah. and Kill Bill says, if you wanna fucking eat with your hands, you can eat on the floor like a dog. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, I'll use the chopsticks after I've been chopping at this fucking log with my fist for fucking days. Yeah. And that's essentially what uh, Master Ninja and Ninja Dog are. It's uh, a pretty
1: good take on difficulty, honestly. Honestly,
0: it is, yeah. I mean, like, the game developer is straight up saying, like, if you play on this mode, uh, how fucking awful are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're literal garbage. I, but I mean, if you're okay I mean, with being it, literal like, garbage, then sure.
1: That's his way of putting it. It's like the rewards are only available if you can go on higher difficulties.
0: Absolutely. Um, and and so, like, you know, he's, he's doing all these super colorful interviews uh, showing the world that he's an absolute character, and I think that uh, more people actually know about him than His, what they think. Yeah. They probably don't know him as uh, Tomonobu Itagaki, uh, the man behind Dead or Alive, but they're like, hey, yeah, like, who's that fucking weird Japanese gaming dev that's constantly wearing sunglasses with uh, the... The face kind of looks like the moon yeah, yeah. in a uh, fucking was that? Uh, "Tonight Tonight" by Smashing Pumpkins. There's that old like silent film. Oh fuck the weird that dude! With like the thing with coming the out. bullet or whatever the yeah, fuck? yeah like, whatever the fuck. Yeah, it literally looks like "Tonight Tonight." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, this is fucking terrifying. Yeah, and that's his face. He looks like a goddamn enemy from uh, Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah the moon does yeah. it's about to heat up yeah.
1: um, and then it's like it looks yeah. like the lunar
0: phase is waning here waning to... that's what Itagaki was doing uh, after uh, being stated um, that he was only truly happy with the development of Dead or Alive 2 um, his his fans would herald uh, Ninja Gaiden uh, Black as the opus of his games. Like, this is the true version of Ninja Gaiden that we deserve, yeah. that we wanted, that plays better than all other adaptations. So, yeah, I played, I played the... I played Sigma. I didn't play Black. I played Sigma. I played Sigma. I really enjoyed Sigma. I, I, enjoyed I really Sigma.
1: did. I, only, I think I only played uh, Ninja Gaiden uh, 2 Sigma. Mm-hmm. I, I, actually, no, I played the original um, Xbox 360 version.
0: I played that, and then and I played... it uh, is
1: very different from Sigma.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, and honestly, like, uh, I watched people play Black, and I was like, wow, that looks tough. Yeah. Sigma was a good medium, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was very challenging at some points if you if you wanted it to be challenging, which, um... And again, you got into Sigma, had Momichi chapters. Fuck yeah, dude! did. Fucking Delicious. However, he wouldn't be around to see uh, such a fantastic game. He's dead now. <laughs> he's fucking dead. Uh, his uh, his face and head and body were ultimately uh, engulfed by the pock marks.
1: What? uh sorry dude don't talk shit about him he'll strike back at us with the force of a thousand nukes
0: yeah yeah uh which for real you be honest if you're
1: listening you got nothing but respect for you
0: uh absolutely like uh itagaki uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his work I'm a really big fan of his work I'm not a big fan of uh sexual harassment hara- yeah sexual harassment
1: I don't I don't, I don't know the whole story disgusting. but I'm not going to go up
0: to bat right for that Uh, From what I understand um, We're coming up to a point Where we find out that he is indeed uh, A very good family man Yeah Where he (laughs) reaches a very deep Mariana Trench In his life Yeah like sexual harassment defense Is not the hill I intend to die on my friend No absolutely fucking not (laughs) Just just leave it at that Absolutely Um, So moving on from, uh, from his past fuck up Yeah Um he he would not see Ninja Gaiden 2, uh, Sigma, or anything of the adaptation because he promptly resigned before it released in 2008, which I believe is in August of 2008, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty fucking sure that was August of just, 2008. Uh, yeah, like
1: just before release, uh, you're you are you got me in the ballpark. I mean, it, the game did release in 2008,
0: right? Yes. Uh, so this is because he ended up suing Tecmo for withholding a bonus, as well as uh, Tecmo's president, Yoshimi Yasuda. Uh, so he, uh, the, the bonus, all that shit, it was not talked about and was ultimately settled privately, but it would take two years for that to settle. Uh, however, he was uh, quoted saying that that bonus that was withheld from him was in the neighborhood of $1.4 million, which is a fucking massive bonus. But again, you know, we're looking at... I, wish I
1: got that kind of bonus.
0: Right. Uh, I can't great. imagine what fucking title that would have been for, because it's before Ninja Gaiden 2 releases. So what? Uh, Ninja Gaiden Black, Sigma... Keep in mind, uh, a by
1: the time you left Ninja Gaiden 2, there's, there's you know, two more Dead or Alive games we haven't touched on. Yes. Uh... uh, uh uh, 2 plus 2 more if you count the Extreme Series.
0: Absolutely, yeah, which were which were fucking pretty goddamn big. Uh, let's look at exactly what games he actually had during that time, which would have been in uh, around, or re- uh, uh, relatively before uh, 2008. So in 2006, of course, uh, massive hit uh, Super Swing Golf, uh, oh, which he <laughs> was an advisor for, uh, but on a serious note, Dead or Alive Extreme Two, to which he was the executive producer in two thousand six, that game did really well, didn't it? Incredibly well, like yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like that was probably one of the biggest selling games. But of course, uh, we all know the reason. Yeah, titty physics. Big old titties.
1: Zoom in on them titties.
0: Take you can, pictures, take of, pictures of, the titties. of the titties. You can get friends with titties to be friends with your girl with titties it's a waifu simulator
1: you know like, get them
0: I think my dream project mm-hmm. is to like get me to like
1: convince him yes to make another dead or alive extreme game even though he probably couldn't use any of the characters mm-hmm. just have it be dead or alive extreme mhm with the dead or alive fighting game right on top of it just in the mix yes like you dare break up this volleyball championship how
0: dare yeah. you fight! Uh, so he would also, before uh, Extreme 2, of course, Dead or Alive 4, which he was producer and director, uh, simply taking the role of producer for Ninja Gaiden Black. And uh, befo- the year before that, producer and director of Dead or Alive Ultimate. Uh, so within the same year, but just after uh, the first Ninja Gaiden Um, Other games that he has worked on, since we're already going through his, uh, what do you want to say, his discography, because he's a rock and roll star, (laughs) alright, so obviously we we touched on uh, Tecmo Super Bowl, Um, Dead or Alive in 96, as we already said, Dead or Alive 2 in 2000, Dead or Alive 3 in 2001. The first Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball in two thousand three. Like I,
1: it's, that's one of the games I like can still remember seeing commercials for. Absolutely. Uh, like, oh, seeing... this game's naughty! Yeah, get on your Xbox.
0: For some reason, I remember that around the same time of uh, another fucking ridiculous game. And like the uh, whole Leisure like, <laughs> Suit Larry.
1: The whole marketing, yeah, uh, it was like I don't give a fuck about Leisure Suit Larry. No, um, yeah, fuck that. Like the commercials, like it's like like the volleyball's really good. And, like, no, like, honestly, the people were really mad at uh, Dead Extreme, too, because, like, the volleyball was not fun to play compared to the first one. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't know because I haven't
1: played it, but, like, I'll believe it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that people played it because... Uh, what other game can you play with uh, big titted uh, mama waifus yeah. playing volleyball on the beach, having a good time, being friends? What other console could you do that on? Uh, well, I'll tell you what you couldn't do is enjoy the smeal of cheese. <laughs> yeah, the smeal of the cheese. It was very
1: appetizing,
0: Kyla. Uh, a smeal of cheese. <laughs> Only two people are gonna know what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, um,
1: uh, so. We just... should probably get into a quick story about, uh, uh, how we couldn't record. We we tried twice to record,
0: uh, Dead or Alive Paradise for the fucking PSP. And that fucking game was hilariously fun. Yeah. It was so fucking ridiculous. You got to gamble. Yeah, all the time gamble and, and I was ball, fucking, bonds
1: were forged
0: and broken. Yeah, I was. And a really engaging a very story. Very good gambler, as we found out. Yeah, I made a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and you lost a lot too. Shut the up. Fuck back. up, Brett. i guess <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Podcast laughs> over. Uh, so here's something that I I didn't realize um, until I started um, actually researching uh, Itagaki was that he was actually uh, he had a small part as a special advisor in Fatal Frame 2. Oh, yeah, that that's right. Butterfly. That's right, yeah. So, uh, really, really strange, you yeah, know, he started to kind of branch out, but then he went right back into his little <laughs> fucking oyster. They tried to pull me out, and then they, wait, you know, like, I just <laughs> thought I was out, they <laughs> pulled me back in. Absolutely. That's the guy. Fucking <laughs> Alright, so, uh... <laughs> which I'm sure he probably also really fucking loved. Oh, yeah. Um... So that because he's dead now. <laughs> we we talked why he sued Tecmo, but why did he sue Tecmo's uh, president Yoshimi Asuda? Because
1: he's a bitch.
0: <laughs> he really fucking is. He did a very big bitch move. Uh, this was on charges of defamation, uh, to which he's quoted as saying, "I say this a lot because when he says something about something that happens in his life, it's fucking big." Yeah. Because this guy doesn't fucking talk about himself at all. Yeah. Uh, Obviously in interviews He talks about himself a lot Yeah, Uh, I would As a very cool dude He never really says anything bad Why would you not say you're a cool dude If someone's (laughs) interviewing (laughs) you? Right, I mean he's already sitting there In sunglasses In a leather jacket with fucking katanas That his dad gave him Drinking a fucking bottle of Jack Yeah, which is probably honestly Just sweet tea with sugar in a (laughs) Jack bottle Let's be fucking honest No, it's real uh, uh, Kentucky bourbon Mmm,
1: delicious. Sour mash.
0: Sour mash. You know, I'm
1: going to give a, a, a confession here.
0: Yeah. I don't like Jack Daniels that much. Like OG Jack Daniels. It ain't bad. I drank a lot of it when I was like 21. Yeah. But then I like upgraded to a super low quality uh, Kentucky bourbon. Yeah. Uh, Ancient Age. Okay. Which is like around $12 a bottle instead of like 28. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know, it kind just, it of just tastes like charcoal. Which makes sense, because, you know, that's how they filter the shit. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I never really got a charcoal taste. Uh, I used to refer to Jack Daniels as my boss. And when I would drink a lot of Jack Daniels, which was often, I was doing overtime.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Speaking of drinking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're getting into the St. Paddy's Day spirit, which um, is probably a week ago for, or last week, whenever this fucking got released. Look at the date on it. Uh, you can tell we're 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 in, we're enjoying the weekend. We're weekend warriors. Had a long week. time it's day. time to, to drinking. Absolutely, and uh, we don't need a reason. Uh, because Itagaki never needed a reason. Yeah, but we're about to. I'm gonna go grab my sword right now. Yeah, but we're and about hold it, to hold both these things in my hand. <laughs> and voila, you're Itagaki. Um, so here's the thing, though, is that we're about to talk about um one of the reasons why Itagaki had a stint in uh, um, alcoholism yeah. himself. <laughs> yeah. So it would take two fucking years for that settlement uh, from Tecmo, and it's never actually talked about whether his... Oh, uh, hey, his, um, okay, quick thing. You don't need yep. to drink
1: that if you don't want to. Oh, I'm absolutely going okay. to. I, I, remember, I remember when you gifted me a bottle of uh, Red Label. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I uh... just weren't feeling it. I I think it tastes like fucking uh, cabinetry. Yeah, because I think I'd it's rather d- sitting in a fucking cabinet. I
1: think I'd rather drink cabinetry than charcoal.
0: God, oh, no, I'm <laughs> more of a charcoal guy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's yeah, friendship over. Ah, oh, compot, bitch! Are you supposed to share that? I'm just kidding. I got a whole big old bottle here.
0: Oh, I thought I was just taking a shot. Yeah, it's all
1: right. You drink, you, it's alright, we got plenty. I was just gonna, I always treat... I have a problem! I always treat Johnny Walker as a sippy. Oh.
0: That's
1: how I like to enjoy it. I, uh, <laughs> I am an alcoholic, Brett. Yeah. And all well, I, I do is I, I did have a few nights where I, I think I accidentally get poured... Angry. I accidentally poured too much. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm not gonna put it back in oh, the bottle. Oh, my God,
0: I remember you, you remember telling that, me about that night. Yeah, fuck.
1: Yeah, it was a fun night. Ooh.
0: I didn't. It, that was Johnny not a, Walker. Took you outside after he bottled you and fucking stomped your ass. In no, the no, I was,
1: I was still there. I was still present. That was not my worst night
0: of <laughs> drinking. But that's not why we're here to What's talk that, about. It's like Goldfinch, <laughs> uh, or Gold uh, Glenn Rather, sorry. It was uh, a,
1: That was a multitude of things. <laughs> I got. <laughs> okay, my
0: scent and the cocaine. Um, yeah. So going back into Itagaki's problems, aside from our own, yeah. <laughs> uh, woo personal demons, slay them. I don't my okay.
1: demons anymore. We're on the same, <laughs> same side.
0: <laughs> uh, Itagaki is a skeleton meme. Um,
1: <laughs> I wish he was my best
0: friend. Oh, same fuck. I'm tired of so you. fucking rad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> I'm tired of you. You're, um, you're my real dude. <laughs> Okay. So in, in 2010 you know he would he would get that settlement and everything like that. Um, however he he would make um, team uh, fucking right down that time because that's <laughs> a fucking mess about the Studios. yes okay so uh, I'm not sure entirely what the fuck he did from 2008 to 2010 because it wasn't until 2010 that Itagaki made Valhalla Game Studios. Mm -hmm. But he would do so only after an incredibly arduous journey through depression and alcoholism, which he suffered through alone. Was that when Aerosmith saved his life? I thought that was after Dead or Alive, too. Uh, I thought so as well. (laughs) However, it sounded like he was basically done with gaming. And this was how he... Yeah,
1: yeah, because he
0: saw that as such...
1: Maybe this is... This is I, I read about this a while back. Mm-hmm. This is before we decided to do this. Um, I'm
0: thinking that, yeah, this was actually back Dead when... Dead or Alive uh,
1: 2 got stolen from him, and it, it yeah. just fucked with him so hard. Because mm-hmm. even... Okay, he, uh, he pushed back to release a Dead or Alive 4. Yeah. Because uh, he had, like, uh, like kind of like top players, like avid players. Yeah. Like professional players even, maybe, mm-hmm. of Dead or Alive. Kind of... Like, he got feedback from them... based on that feedback, decided to push the game back a little bit to Mm -hmm. work on it more. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he has shown to be sort of like a perfectionist. Yeah.
0: It's
1: like, I don't want to release a shitty game. Yeah. I'm going to work on it some more. I'm going to make... have it worked on I feel like we're uh, probably giving him just a little too much credit because he, you know, has a team.
0: Absolutely. This man has a team and he is only as effective as his team. Yeah. And uh, we'll see... Just how effective he is alone. When we talk about Valhalla Studios, though, um, and I apologize, uh, I thought that I was, I had this uh, completely on point, but um, I had meant to talk about how Aerosmith and Bruce fucking Willis saved Itagaki's life, and therefore it's never too late, the my gaming world.
1: Uh, I don't want to close my eyes, because we missed that part. Oh, and I don't want to miss a thing. So let's go. Let's
0: fucking go into it. Uh, Let's find out just how hard it is to fucking point a drill down and uh, visit. Visit. uh, Uh, Why? Why are they the best? They just are. Fucking are. (laughs) Shut up, man. Shut up. Shut up. Uh, So, way back when they were like, and they told
1: me to basically shut, shut, shut Shut the fuck up.
0: Shut shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're gonna go back to when Dead or Alive 2 was stolen from Itagaki, uh, by some, I don't know, fucking shadow man at Tecmo that has no fucking name. It was,
1: was, uh, it was, um, it was, uh, Itagaki's Kiryu. Yeah. And, uh, this guy who stole the game is Nishiki. I was gonna say, is Nishiki? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stole it from him, and then, Nishikiyama, you son of a
0: bitch! (laughs) Yeah. He was his brother. He was his sworn brother. Yeah, and what the he fuck? He got betrayed. They he, yeah. everybody betrayed him. Do you do you not remember the fucking sunflower orphanage? Buckle my He's like. It's wah, dream, wah, like. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, so. I sing for you. <laughs> I sing for
1: you. <laughs> that's a good.
0: That's uh, a good we're definitely gonna do an episode on Yakuza, so. Uh, be the fuck ready for that shit! Majima's the- everywhere,
1: bitch! I wish I was Majima. I, yeah, I. I'm just kind of sad. I need to, I If only I had decided to purchase that $3,000 fucking dollar snakeskin jacket. Dude, so dope! It would be dope. Dude, do you want to have a down payment on a
0: house or be really warm in your snakeskin jacket? S- I'm not gonna wear a shirt out here. I'll it. fucking tell you how I'm gonna fucking spend my fucking money. Let me get some leather pants.
1: Yep. I'm going to probably gouge out my own eye and say yep. I was tortured in a Yakuza own. basement for like
0: five years. <laughs> and, uh, grow out your hair into a ponytail and run around with a baseball bat. No,
1: I'll get into a fucking cool ass crew cut. Oh, yeah,
0: that weird, uh, crew bull cut thing that he yeah. has in fucking, uh. uh that's, yeah. that's
1: the Majima. Like, you're, you're only familiar with Zero. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. so. Uh, going back to his, his dark time, because I, I do want to touch up on this, but I don't want to take up too much time because this is kind of backtracking. And I feel really bad for it, so I apologize. And I no, who and gives I, a shit? You bear with me. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, I like to be prepared. Okay. Yeah. You I know mean, what? It's all right. Uh, so, but it's, a, it's a pretty fucking good story. So, when he, he's fucking depressed, he is saying I mean, that he is literally drinking from the time he wakes up until he goes to bed. I feel like when I quit my drunk. job,
1: that's probably what I'm gonna do.
0: Right? Because I always wanted to do that. <laughs> but uh, you know, what's more, what's more, man? Like, how can you say that like you're manly when you're literally just drinking from like morning till the time you go to bed, watching fucking crying. Armageddon all day? But see, there's there. Here's the thing: is that at first he's oh, just drinking and crying. Okay, yeah, and then Armageddon enters life in yeah. Aerosmith, and then. Because he is, like, literally talking about, like, how this is the most depressing part of his life. He's going to fucking... He's probably had suicidal thoughts at this point. Yeah. Because, like, his his dream game that he was working on was stolen from him. Uh, he's failed his family, his life, and the gaming industry. You know, very, very dramatic man. Um, he, he'd also say that he would never get drunk. Even though he's drinking all day, of course, which is very manly to never get drunk, yeah, better, no matter how much you drink, which
1: I don't <clears throat> think is like biologically possible. No, but
0: it is. Uh, I want to say that uh, copious months of drinking without getting drunk yeah. is, of course, part of uh, American a side culture effect
1: of. Of drinking a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but it's, it's part of, you know, like, American culture and Japanese culture. M- many cultures, uh, Germany, obviously, mm-hmm. also. How much can you drink without getting drunk? Like, yeah. how many people do you I'll know? I'll drink you under the table. Yeah, how many people do you know that's like, dude, I could drink, like, six shots and I'll be drunk. Like, bull fucking shit. You're taking fucking... Digs out, let's go. Yeah, you're taking around, like, 22 ounces of liquor into yeah. your body. Yeah. Your fucking stomach is barely bigger than that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you're gonna fucking, no. Okay, anyway. Yeah. So he's drinking a shitload. So his wife's like, my husband, he is so shitty. I don't know, she's fucking <laughs> she's Russian she's Italian or some though. shit. I- Italian-Russian? It's like, Russian. Why don't
1: you get a job, Hey, hey take off the
0: couch. Yeah.
1: Why don't you get out there and get a job? Come on, you need yeah. to provide for me, a real man
0: would provide. <laughs> So instead, she provides for him, buying a copious <laughs> amounts of DVDs,
1: VHS tapes, fucking, fucking yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> literally just a shitload of, of fucking movies, to which he would say, "I more or less looked at the TV and uh, just stared at it. I didn't watch the movies, I just stared at them." Is that your U. Bowl impression, though? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I stared at the I TV.
1: stared at the TV. I didn't really watch. Now, you sound like my fucking uh, junior high science teacher. Ooh. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, hey, oh. Okay, okay, Do I'm sorry. Do you know
0: the story of sedimentary rock? Because it's a little bit cooler than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you know where I can
1: find some sailors? <laughs> We're getting off track. It's so fucking bad. I'm having a good time, though.
0: It is. It's a good time. I hope that you're having a good time, you one people. If you've been
1: fucking toughing it out with us for an hour and a half.
0: If you two that are listening, to us two, I hope you two find each other. I hope that you fall in love with each other. No matter what it takes. And uh, track each other down and, and truly just connect. Yeah. Either on a spiritual level... Or through <laughs> very physical, <laughs> raw physical level. <laughs> oh, 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 raw thunders. full of emotion. Um, Meat popsicle. Uh, Bruce Willis. Meat popsicle. Uh, he was saving. He Bruce saved. can <laughs> have him in this movie. He saved Itagaki uh, because yeah, he days, sacrificed himself to save him. Yeah, uh, and he told literally he told Itagaki, he's like, you take care of my daughter. Well, see, that's just it. Is that it was the relationship between uh, Henry Stamper, Bruce Willis's character, mm-hmm. in Armageddon, and his daughter. It's fucking sad. Uh, Gail, right? If I'm remembering correctly, I fucking yeah. Anyway, so uh, it's you couldn't see it, but <laughs> I just threw my hands up in the strongest way I could. <laughs> remember Fucking fucking Armageddon I watched it once and I just remember Steve Buscemi's eyes getting really big when he got blown up. Uh, there
1: were a lot of uh, big old close ups of Steve Buscemi's face like oh man
0: this is amazing <laughs> 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 fucking Buscemi face so yeah anyway hey, what, what I, want to, I want to talk to some girls <laughs> so uh, Itagaki said that he watched this movie upwards of a hundred times while his daughter uh, sat on his lap, and he subjected her to watching it a hundred times too, until she finally decided, My "Dad, I can't fucking watch this anymore." And he's like, "Why? This is uh, Daddy's, you know, favorite movie." And she's like, "Well, because it's the movie where Daddy dies." Yeah, and it's like he said that that moment and watching that movie with his daughter, the fact that Steven Tyler wrote this song mm-hmm. for the movie. For his daughter, which I think her name was actually Gail, right? Well, Liv Tyler. Lib, yeah, Liv Tyler. Tyler was. Sorry, so yeah, Liv Tyler. I totally fucking forgot that connection until yep. just this moment. And then it's Henry and Gail uh, in the movie. So Steven Tyler writes a, writes a song for Liv Tyler, his daughter, for the movie Armageddon, to which it also is in response to Henry's relationship with his daughter sacrificing himself to blow up a fucking giant space rock mm-hmm. with a nuclear bomb to save mankind. We got in first. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm the best
1: one there is with the best.
0: Yeah, and so it's like boom, boom, boom. This crazy trinity that made so much... Uh, just, it, it, it did so much for Itagaki, but uh, when you're depressed... Is that who we're talking
1: about? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, <When> <laughs> but when you're depressed, you know, getting kind of deep, you dissociate, you find a comfort show or a comfort movie, and you do rewatch it constantly. Oh, yeah, I think we've kind of done something oh, like yeah,
1: that. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, like, go Absolutely. Back and watch something just because... Yes.
0: Uh, how many of you, uh, two you people out there, have been so fucking depressed? And I'm not one of these people that that did this show specifically, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people that have. They find a lot of comfort in constantly rewatching The Office.
1: Yeah, like yeah.
0: I see that on Facebook. I go all back. to watch like
1: the Angry Video Game nerd. Like yeah. Once in a while, I'll just go watch all of his fucking videos. Yeah,
0: I like to go and watch uh, Board James. Yeah. So anyway, he makes Dragon Sword for his daughter, and yeah. um, they. You know, he fucking puts out Ninja Gaiden 2. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Leaves, 2010, uh, or 2008, Leaves, has that fucking two-year period where... I don't fucking know what the fuck he was doing. He was training. Probably training. uh, Learning the fucking guitar drums. He he got lost
1: in his decadent ways. Right, and uh, and he was also probably... The way of a true warrior.
0: he He was probably also... He (laughs) He was probably headhunting from Team Ninja Uh because he took several members from Team Ninja to create Valhalla Studios, um, to which in that year, shortly before E3, they announced their first title, Devil's Third, Mm. which uh, would not come out until 2015. Five years later. Five years later. Uh, which a lot of people were actually pretty excited about. We were looking at it. We were like, dude, this could be like Bayonetta or, you know, fucking kind of looks like yeah, a play like, Devil May Cry. Like the next Ninja Gaiden, right? Yeah, like, holy fuck, the guy who made Ninja Gaiden's going to make a new game. He's, he's making like
1: a third-person shooter, okay.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but like, he's putting it on the Nintendo. And the reason why he said that he well, chose it was going to be on Xbox. Yeah. Um, but
1: uh, THQ went, went bankrupt. Yeah, THQ went bankrupt. Uh, they were the people bankrupt. that originally... Like bank, bankrolling it Or like publishing Yeah I mean like He so then made, I he think made the studio. Nintendo swooped
0: in Yeah So they're like Yeah we'll put it out And the thing is Is that he had a lot of praise For Nintendo Because of their innovation Yeah So he saw the Wii U And he was like Dude that's pretty cool Like you don't have A lot of fucking Firepower it was But like, you're pretty cool Like you're innovative Yeah I
1: mean I, I, Which I he thought Was so. very
0: important Like, it, I mean the Wii U Is a fucking Prototype switch If you really break it down Oh absolutely <laughs> And uh, going into his uh, philosophy for game design, he talks about the Happy Three, uh, also Happy Four. So the Happy Three is the developers, so like him as like him and the his, development like, yeah, team, team yeah. uh, the consumer, and then uh, the executive board, this is part of the Happy Four, the executive board, and then himself as a creator. Everyone has to be happy. Yeah. If all of that happens, you're looking at the perfect storm, and you're gonna look at really great content. It's gonna be a great release. Yeah, yeah, it's something that like the publishers, okay, yeah, we'll throw money at this. However, I think that uh even with five years to come up with Devil's Third, Yeah, I, I, I Holy I wanna... Fuck, that is a long production. That's time. another
1: podcast right there, I think, like just finding out what all the happened. fuck happened with Devil's Third? I wonder if it's because they, they were going with the online mode. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Did that a, game
0: have a fucking online mode? Yeah. It had a, oh, it had Christ. A, it had
1: an adversarial online mode. Yep. <whistles> and it had a standalone PC release. What the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still like going. They might have shut down the servers at this point.
0: I kind of bet they did.
1: Probably. Jesus Christ. See, I, I imagine it... Lost the player base on the Wii U pretty fucking quick. If so they never had one.
0: If yeah, I was gonna say. So I mean, if, if you can tell uh, by our uh, reactions as well as I mean, if you're one of two people, you probably checked out this fucking game, or you at least no. heard about it. No. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you're probably one of two people. Um, I bought it because I I like Ninja Gun,
1: right. I like Dead or Alive. I was like, okay, yeah. this I know the caliber, I know the pedigree. Yeah. Going into this game, I want to support this guy. Right. Despite it, everything. Absolutely.
0: Um, and yeah, the Devil's Third. I enjoyed it. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I'll tell you what I didn't enjoy watching you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so that made me fucking sick. I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's. I know
1: it's like not a good game, but I still like. I can. I can like. I can see the game. It should
0: have been. Right. And uh, that, but that that and for being that said, reason, I like it. Everyone's entitled their own opinion. Yeah. It might be your favorite fucking game. To which I say, you know what. Good for you. Bully for you, my dude. Um, But, however, this (laughs) game was met with, like, just absolute fucking... Negative feedback
1: <coughs> across the board! And, like, vir- like ab- virtually no marketing?
0: No, absolutely not. Uh, all we saw was a strange man covered in tattoos with a gun and a sword, and it yep. was for the Wii U. Yeah. What the fuck is this shit? Is this a downloadable only title? Nope,
1: I have a physical copy, my
0: friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the only thing that Itagaki had uh, had said was, uh, I, th- I think you remembered what he had quoted, correct? Uh, that, um... It just... It's just that people just didn't get it.
1: Yeah. The critics... Oh, yeah, that's what he had said. The critics, like the critics aren't skilled enough to get it. <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah, something else. People just didn't understand. Um. That I understood Itagaki, if you're listening.
0: Itagaki had also said, uh... You know, Ivan's Quest... Is supposed to be a trilogy. If only. Right. Um... However. That's not gonna happen. I don't think so. If the first game took five years and uh, you know we got it in twenty fifteen to absolute shite reviews. If they just um, if no one really fucking bought it.
1: I'm guessing. I'm guessing the multiplayer was what really held that game up. Absolutely. It's Speculation, but like yeah. If if they if they if do I a know and about they're just like okay, let's just do go all in mm-hmm. on Ivan's quest.
0: Yep. Not much has happened to Itagaki since then. Um, late 2017, this is again August, which, uh, apparently a very important month to Itagaki. Yeah. Uh, seems that, uh, he likes to get promotions, release games, get demotions. Get thefted. Get, get thefted <laughs> yes. in August. Uh, apparently he just really loves that August month. Um, Augustus. <laughs> Augustus, uh, fucking, uh, Itagaki here. Uh, late 2017, Itagaki stepped down as the director at Valhalla Studios to just prime advisor.
1: I think it's also probably worth mentioning, then, that I according to... The, I, I, I did a mm-hmm. Wikipedia, sir. So mm-hmm. I was just reading the Wikipedia page. Um, Valhalla Studios is currently in a lawsuit with a, there's like right. a Valhalla Film Studio or something. It's a very similar logo... And they're they're battling out for yeah who thought
0: that a Valhalla studio would use the uh, dolphin striker uh, strange dragon serpent head usually found on a Nordic Viking warship. Mm-hmm. Strange. Um, and, and that's just because they're using the name and likeness. Of Valhalla Studios, uh, it's
1: yeah, it's just awfully similar. And then like the film studios, like yo, you're infringing on us, dude. We're gonna sue you.
0: Not that they're actually.
1: I think it was. I think it was filed in twenty
0: sixteen. So yeah, it's probably definitely it's, still going. Yeah. Like, we might see a wrap up of it, uh, but uh, the fact that Itagaki stepped down as director, I think, uh, speaks in volumes as far as uh, what's going on at Valhalla. Well, Why would?
1: What kind of income? Right. Can that studio be pulling?
0: Uh, with only one game out in the past three years, it having five years put into development, out pretty goddamn fast. Uh, which probably I would actually like to see the uh, total number of uh, copies it was that low. this game it actually really put out. Low. I can actually pull up a uh, a gross amount, actually. This game failed to make the UK top 40 sales charts in its first week on sale in the region. The game is rumored to have sold only 3,000 copies in North America in its first month of release. That's because it's a gem in the rough. (laughs) However, limited retail copies were available at launch. Yeah,
1: there weren't a lot of retail copies.
0: Yeah. In an interview with Polygon, Itagaki stated that his team is interested in doing a sequel and stated that, again, Devil's Third was envisioned... As a trilogy. Uh, so yeah, that being said, uh, the last thing that is known about Itagaki comes from late 2017 in that he had stepped down, become Prime Advisor, and, uh, stated that Valhalla Studios and himself are looking to work with other companies. So... So they're probably looking for a publisher? Yep. Looking for a publisher, uh, somebody to actually give them ideas as well, I imagine, even though Itagaki would probably never, ever say that. Um... But yeah, I think that wraps up our first episode on Tomonobu Itagaki. What's well, like... The man behind all <laughs> the boobies, all the blades, all yeah. the volleyballs. Like, well, I, 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 I want to see him make more games. I do too, yeah. Good or
1: bad, I want to see more.
0: Absolutely. I think that he is an incredibly important man to the gaming industry, that he helped uh, shape gaming culture as we know it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's far uh, from done... Perhaps not always for the best. Absolutely, yep. But in his own way, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just um, it's it's uh, it's it's just one of those things. Maybe it'd, it'd be really sad if he wasn't making games. I feel like there'd be a part of the culture missing. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's the same thing I could say for Hideo Kojima, mm-hmm. uh, Kamiya, uh, Shinji Mikami, uh, so many names. Suda Five One, obviously. Yeah. Um, so many people Um, however all these people and more will be covered on more episodes (laughs) uh, in the future um, on our channel a podcast for two people alright so uh, thanks you made it this far Uh, checking out our first episode uh, podcast for two people we appreciate you Thank you so
1: much. Um, if you like that, if you want to get more of us for whatever reason, um, you can check out a YouTube channel that we have: uh, www.youtube.com/drb231. Um, we got let's plays on there of all types of games. Um, a lot of Dreamcast games, so I try to get those in whenever I can. Um, we have an entire playthrough of The Evil Within, not two, but
0: Evil Within one, and. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go ahead no, and you know update that, that yeah, as, as as much as we possibly can. Uh, just like this podcast. We're planning to drop you new episodes wherever you found us, wherever that may be, every Friday. So check back every Friday for new episodes of a podcast for new people. Thank you.